Hello and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of AZ Vineyard Church. This week, enjoy the podcast as truth is revealed in God's Word. Go get a notebook, grab a Bible, and expect to have an encounter with God today. So here we are in 2021. Last week, who was here last week? Did you have a good good time? Did you feel like the Lord breathed life into you? Last week I had such a great message that I never got to preach. Holy Spirit was moving. Those of you who are guests uh, of ours, maybe you were here last week, maybe you weren't. But sometimes the presence of God is moving in such a way that we, we He's doing something different than we had planned. Hey, if there's really a God, He really might have different plans than yours. Anybody ever notice? Any Christians in here? Yeah, we got plans. He's got different ones. You try to force your plans to happen and they don't work out so pretty good? Yeah? I've discovered it's best to go with His plans. So last week we just had a service to where we had lots of prophetic words and scriptures read and encouragements happen and... I told somebody afterwards, that's, that's the best preaching I've done in a long time. <laughs> but today, I, I am going to teach. Yay. Here we are in 2021. It's a new year. We survived 2020. Some didn't. Some didn't. And, and many of us have lost loved ones, whether to COVID or other things. And, and remember... Our goal is not this life. Our goal is eternity. Our hope is eternity, not this life. For the Christian, for those who believe in Jesus, leaving this life holds no fear. You know, I I heard a preacher years ago say, you can't threaten me with heaven. Many of us, have, have grief in our hearts after last year. And I understand that. It hurts to lose a loved one, even when you know that they, they've gone on to be with the Lord. It's difficult. And today I just want to, I, I want to talk to you about this year. And, you know, um, Pastor Sandy, um, raise your hand, Pastor Sandy, those of you who are new, she's one of our pastors on staff here, gave a word last year, towards the end of last year, that the Lord's speaking to her about 2021, and the word she's getting is deeper. And it's very similar to what I feel the Lord's been speaking to me, and He's given me three words. And the words are, upward, inward, and outward. Upward, inward, and outward. That the Lord is calling us to have our life focus upward on Him. And the natural next step after that is to focus inward on what He's doing in us, in you, in our lives. And the natural next step to that is outward to give away what you've received. And when we as the church begin to first, first have an upward focus on the living God. I'm just using the word upward. Actually, he's right here with us. But upward seems to express what I'm trying to say the best I can. When we have our focus first on him, not on yourself, on him first. It brings life into the proper context. And then flowing from that inward When we see who He is, 
Do you know how many of you know it shines a light on who you are? My brothers and sisters, let me say this. Never be afraid to admit something's wrong in yourself. Because when the light of the Lord comes on, it shines a light on some things in us that need to be changed. Listen, He has given us complete forgiveness already. We can, from victory through Him, deal on the things in us that ain't looking like victory. Anybody got some of those things? I've had plenty. Before I go on, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to teach on worship and, and that's our part of our upward focus. I just want us in this house to get something straight. And, and I may use a little bit of tough terms, so let me say ahead of time, if I haven't told you recently, I love you. I do. I'm a nice guy and I love you. You guys are awesome. Is it okay if we push forward together, even if it's a fight? Anybody ever get in a fight? You know what? I was, I, I, I told somebody recently, I'm, I was one of those kids that got in fist fights at school fairly regularly. You know, I got in trouble. My mom told me at one time, boy, it was everything I could do to keep you in school. You know? I know what it's like to get in a fight. I know what it's like to get punched in the face. I know what it's like to punch somebody else in the face too. And I'm going to tell you right now, dude, I like to win. George, I like to win, brother. How about you? I like to win, man. I don't like to get my tail kicked. I want to win. And sometimes I find the thing that's making me lose is in me. It's not somebody else. It's not the circumstances around me. In the kingdom of God, it's virtually always something about me that's got to go. And I can face those things in peace, in joy, in the Lord, and know I'm loved and accepted. Yeah? I'm loved and accepted already. And face into having to change. Now, I got, a, I got a question for you before I go any further. I don't want you to answer this out loud. I do want you to answer it, but I don't want you to say so out loud. When was the last time you knew what God was telling you to change? He's leading you to change something in your life. When was the last time? Can Think of it in your mind. Don't use your outside voice. In 2021, did the Lord lead you in anything to change in your life? This is where Pastor John gets a little tough. Because my point to you is if the Lord hasn't led you or isn't leading you in any change in your life, you're probably not paying attention to Him at all. Okay, I'm going to use a term that I've been using lately and I'm going to throw it at you again. It's really, really easy for us to lapse into fairy tale religion. Fairy tale religion doesn't require you to make any changes whatsoever. I'm just loved. You've got your little wand. Bing! You're okay. You're just swell. Fairy tale religion, we control. 
I'm in control of my fairy tale religion and I'm okay according to my fairy tale. God's in my fairy tale and I get to define who He is and what He's like. Because He's my God. Fairy tale religion doesn't require anything of you except for whatever rules you're okay with. I've got to go to church at least every once in a while. Fairy tale religion isn't real because fairy tales aren't real. They're not real enough for you to do anything about. They're just fun to know. It's kind of like little Bo Peep who lost her sheep and doesn't know where to find them. Leave them alone and they'll come home wagging their tails behind them. So the moral of the story is, little Bo Peep, go ahead and be lazy. Because you don't have to do anything. The sheep will take care of themselves. Not. See, in the kingdom of God, the shepherd leaves the 99 and go gets that one precious one that got lost. Can you see the difference? And the call to the church is, did you hear what our brother Ted just read? God wants everyone to be saved. But who did he leave in charge of that? Everybody do me a favor and raise your hand. That would be us. Okay, I'm going to give you a key piece today of how the Lord wants to accomplish this in us. But the first step is we've got to get our eyes off of ourselves. I want this. I want that. Well, who cares? You show me that you want what Jesus wants first. I'll be impressed with that. Last week we had a brother stand up and give his radical yes on a particular issue. Those of you who were here, he's, he's taking a step in his life. And it's going to cost him, and yet it's going to cause blessing in the kingdom to be released. The Lord's calling us all to take a stance of, I'll say yes to anything you tell me, Lord Jesus. That literally defines what worship is. See, one of the biggest things, most important critical factors in all of our lives is to be worshipers. Many of us believe that hard times could come because it's, we're nearing the end, end of this age, right? Anybody, anybody read your Bible? Do you believe we're at the end? We're sure closer than back when they wrote the Bible and they thought they were near the end. Right? If we believe we could face hard times, I'm telling you, you better get your worship on. You better, we better get our eyes fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ because when we give our full attention to Him, it is a natural next step to begin to worship. Because when you see Him for who He is, we begin to express who He is. And that's worship. Who is He? See, worship is our upward focus. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Rod, here, Pastor Rod, raise your hand so they know who you are. There he is. Taught a wonderful message on 
uh, uh, the story about Jesus going into a Pharisee's house to have a meal and all these important religious leaders coming in and then a lady who was a harlot coming in, bowing at Jesus' feet, washing His feet with her tears, drying it with her hair. And, and she had some uh, ointment that was a perfume and pouring it over Him. It was just such a wonderful picture of worship. Giving Him our all. See, Jesus isn't asking for what you have time for. Did you hear what I just said? Oh, I don't have time for that. I don't know what He's going to tell you. I don't know what time or energy or money it's going to cost you. My question is just today, is He worth it to you? Because worship is about how much worth Someone has. Our God has. How much is He worth to you? Now, I'm going to tell you right now. Jesus said, you know, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. By the way, you can't pull those two apart. Those two don't come apart. And we're all in the process of yielding more to Him, aren't we? You know, I, I can honestly tell you, I, he has all of me because he bought me. But that includes some stuff that's not wholehearted about him. And we're, we're in the process of changing that. Worship is to proclaim worth. When we come together, or in your home, or wherever you're at, how much is God worth to you? At your work, is, is, is your God worth you looking like a fool for in your family. You know, in, how much is He worth? I'm not asking you to do something weird today. I'm just asking you to be obviously His. Wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, are you obviously the Lord's? I hear some people say, well, you know, I just want to hear the Word. I know of people who will come in to a church service late because they're not interested in the time of worship. And I want to ask you a question. If you're so interested in the Word, how come you don't know who He is? Did you read the Bible? Because if you don't like worship, you don't know who He is. You don't know who He is. Because when you know who He is, then the thing that is birthed in your heart is worship. Oh my, you're so awesome. You're so great. You're so powerful. You're so mighty. And, and, and the thing when you know who He is, you know that you're loved. When you know who He is, you know how much He values you. This idea of worship is ascribing worth or knowing the worth of somebody. Well, when you know His worth, you know your worth. Because He sent His one and only Son to die for you. See, our God has valued us so much that He did not merely forgive you. Do you understand this? Oh, uh, I'll let you go from... You did that naughty thing. Oh, I forgive you. He does way more than that. He actually releases you from your guilt. Do you, he took our guilt 
on himself. That means you don't have that guilt anymore. For those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and the work he's done for us on the cross, he, and, and, and through the power of his resurrection, he took all of our guilt on himself. There's a huge difference between I forgive you and you have no more guilt. I mean, they're both great. We are forgiven. But your guilt is removed. That's how much you and I are worth to Him. That's an incredible worth that He's placed on you. And when we accept that forgiveness and focus on who He is, we see how glorious, how mighty, how beautiful He is. You know, I feel sorry for people who see the natural universe as merely a function of accident. I feel sorry for them. Because I'll tell you what, what I see in the created universe is not accident. It's beauty, beauty, beauty. And that beauty is telling us of who our God is. The one who created it. The greatest form of worship. You ready for this? Okay. When you know who He is, God Himself is, the Lord Jesus Christ. When you know who the Holy Spirit is to us and how much we're loved, but how glorious and almighty He is, the greatest expression of worship is obedience. When you know how much He's worth, how much is, is the God that you say you serve worth obeying? When, when confronted with the idea that we're wrong on a certain issue, like for instance, let me use one that I'm sure I'm the only one that's ever dealt with this one. Here in this room, the issue of telling the truth. Because when it's convenient... It's so easy to tell a lie, just so you look better in other people's eyes. Which, this is a little harsh, but I will say it anyway. Telling a lie to save face is a lot like saying, Devil, protect me. It is, isn't it? My Bible says the devil's a liar and the father of lies. Read the end. Read the end of the Bible, chapter 22 of Revelations. I, I hear all kinds of people talk about, you know, end time prophecy and all this. But I don't hear anybody say this one. It talks about those who are in the city are, you know, uh, the light of God's on their life and, and, the, and they're in joy in the city, streets of gold, you know. God, gold is so worthless to God, He uses it for dirt. Anyway, that's another subject. But it says, but outside the city are all cowards. Have anybody else read that other than me? Cowards and liars. Listen to me. Is our God worth changing our life for? To look at ourselves and say, dude, that lion's got to stop. In that moment where you know if the truth leaves your lips, you're going to look like a moron. Did I just say that? Yeah, I did. Can you say the truth anyway? 
How many of you understand that saying the truth is the way to freedom? You'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. Do you want one of the reasons why telling the truth will set you free is because you'll learn to stop doing what you just did that you didn't want to tell the truth about? Cause and effect. The greatest form of worship to our God is obedience. And many of us in our church experience have been damaged by churches that are legalistic. Don't you do that and don't you do this. I grew up in a church that was full of wonderful people. I'm, I'm grateful my mom and dad took me to a, a, a great church that was full of nice people. It was here in this town. And um, I grew up right here in Avondale. And I, I, I sincerely mean that. I love these people. And they taught me, they were saints that taught me how that the church should be about love. And they really did love me. And I knew it. But the denomination, however, was extremely legalistic. As a matter of fact, to be a member of the church, they had a, a, a church membership manual that was like that thick. And, and after going nutsoid for, that's a spiritual term, nutsoid, for a, you know, a number of years getting in drugs, alcohol, and all kinds of wild living, I came back to the Lord, had an experience with God, and I, I was married. I had just got married at the time. Me and my wife, Becca, got, you know, went back to this church that I'd grown up going to because we didn't know any different. And they had a, a young pastor right out of seminary, and he was just gung-ho to get people, in, you know, to become formal members and all this. And he sat us down, handed us the book, the membership manual, and he says, you guys need to be members. And it's like, cool, what do we do? And he says, well, read this and you've got to say you'll do the things in that book. And I have my Bible in my hand. And I said, does that one say better stuff than this one? And the guy says, well, no, but you still to be a member, you've got to read it. I said, I'm not done with this one yet. <laughs> and he kind of got the picture and he says, yeah, maybe this ain't going to work out. <laughs> See, the difference between legalism and obedience is love. You can never achieve what God is seeking for in your life through rule keeping what you can through love. Because what you find out, true worship is all about love. Do I love Him? Because when you love someone, you'll find, you'll, you'll want to do things that are pleasing to them. When you love someone, you'll want to find out who they are and who they're really like. You ever see sweethearts on the phone and all and they talk for like three hours? No, you hang up first. No, you hang up first. You know, and they'll talk for hours and hours and hours and it's all gushy and, and, some of you are saying, some of you ladies are saying, I wish my husband would do that now. Gosh, I feel convicted over that one. <laughs> Love you, honey. She's at home today. Isn't it true? When you really, really love someone, you really, really want to do things that please them? The core of obedience to God is love, not rule-keeping. 
It's very amazing how some legalistic person like the scribes and the Pharisees can, like Paul said of himself, according to the law, found blameless. Do you know what a bizarre and incredible statement that is? He, he, he makes that statement, the apostle Paul makes that statement of himself in, I forget which book, I forget the address right now. I think it's Philippians. But he was so far from God, he was chasing down and, and, and imprisoning, in some cases, having some Christians murdered. And he was doing what the law said. Then he had an encounter with the Lord, shifted his life, and I'll bet his behavior didn't look all that much different. Except for, he was full of love and still obeyed all those rules. Out of love not obligation. See, worship at its core is flowing out of love for who someone is, who they are. See, I find in the Scriptures, in the Scriptures, they tell me who my God is. They tell me what He's like. I study the Scriptures because I love God and I want to know more about Him. Worship is about obedience. Now, I'm going to end what I have to say with this Scripture. Some of you are saying, didn't this pastor ever read the Bible? Of course I do. I've just quoted a bunch of Scriptures to you. Let's put up Ephesians 5, 15-19, and let's consider this together. Verse 15 says, Be very careful. Everybody say, very careful. Then how you live, not as unwise, but wise. Notice that? Very careful there. Let's be wise, brothers and sisters. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Notice, Paul writing this is acknowledged. Anybody feel like the days are evil lately? I mean, come on. I hear hear a lot of people are afraid of what's to come in the future. Well, guess what? More of the same. Humans are broken, dysfunctional, and sinful, and we live in a sinful world. And let me stop on this thought. This isn't on my notes. I want to tell you this. I hear a lot of Christians whining about politics. So if I step on your toes, let me warn you, time to tuck your toes now. Because I'm pretty sure the Christians in, in, in China who are being imprisoned have to hide to worship. I'm pretty sure the Christians that are in Iran where the gospel is, is going forward faster than anywhere else in the world and when they accept Christ, they could die tomorrow for it. Enough. Focus on Jesus Let's join the church in this world. Spread the gospel. We, you want to change our nation? Let's do it then. Let's do it because we're worshipers. See, because the truth of the matter is, worship is one of the most powerful weapons we have as Christians. Okay, let's finish this and then I'll continue. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Anybody want to know what the will of God is? I just want to know the will of God for me. Here it is. Ready? It's been in the Bible all along. Read it. 
Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. That statement, be filled with the Spirit, is actually in, in, in some of the original language means get inebriated on the Holy Spirit. So the thing that people are looking for in alcohol, yeah, Holy Spirit wants to be that to you. Yeah, hey, I've been there. I've had a, anybody else here have trouble with alcohol? I've had a lot of trouble with alcohol. Alcohol and, you know, I'm not trustworthy around alcohol. I can't believe that pastor just said that. Yeah, I'll say it again. I, I've had trouble with alcohol, drugs, and just about every other kind of thing during the course of my life. You know what I found the answer is? Jesus. Jesus is my answer. And I'm so very grateful for Him. I want to be filled with the Spirit because I've discovered there ain't no high like the Most High. Come on. Next, verse 19, here's the denouement, the high point. It is, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. We as Christians have a heritage that is, is all the way back to the beginning of song and singing and worship in song. And I think it's important for all of us. And I'm calling on every one of us in our home. Turn the TV off. Put some worship music on. And worship God in your home. L- listen to me. If you feel embarrassed to worship God in front of your wife or your kids. There's something wrong. That's one of those something wrong things. That needs to change. Fill your home and your heart with worshiping God. I'm not asking you to change from listening to country and western music. It's okay. (laughs) Now we know who doesn't listen to country and western music. You don't have to. I'm not telling you you don't have to. Or that you have to stop listening to your favorite kind of music, but you just might review what some of the lyrics are saying and see if you actually agree with them. You know, there's a thought. You know, just just thinking here. And put on something that turns your heart and your eyes upward. Turn your the atmosphere of your home instead away instead of on boozing and women and and uh, the boys round here. I mean, some of I listen to that. I've heard that song. And I think people listen. Do you really sign it on for that? I like Blake Shelton, but I'm not sure. I'm anyway. Moving right along, I'm picking on country and western lovers. Yes, they do. That is true. Wow! I really got. I spun myself out on that whole thing. Right, worship. We're talking about worship. Fill your house with worship. Fill your heart with worship. And one of the best ways to do it is with worship songs. True worship songs are not about you. I'm so loved. There's so many Christian songs right now. I'm so loved. And I'm not saying they're bad. I want you to know you're loved. It's good to sing about it. Worship songs are about Him. He's good. He's glorious. He's worthy. It's what turns our heart and our attitude towards the living God to praise Him, to laud Him, to glorify Him. 
to praise Him for what He's done. Worship changes you. True worship positions Him above, then you, and then everything else. The true worship actually teaches us to be like Him because whatever you worship, that's what you'll become. Whatever you worship, that's what you'll become. And I want to, before I'm done, I want to say this. You know how to worship. Every human knows how to... Humans are worshipers. Now, you may worship football. You might worship... You know, some people call, you know, other, like some woman, she, she's this goddess. No, she's not. She's just another chick. Wow, where'd that come from? <laughs> You're scaring me. You're scaring me, Pastor. These are thoughts that go through my head sometimes. <laughs> See, worship positions us appropriately. You may worship... Think about it. What do we worship? Do we worship God or do we worship... Who, who gets more of our exciting emotion? Yeah! <clears throat> you know... We, we come together and we worship and you see some people get excited and it freaks some people out. I understand, trust me, you're not used to being in a place where people are doing that or maybe in a church where people are getting excited about the one they're worshiping. But I just want to propose a thought to you. If we'll scream for a guy throwing a ball and another guy catches the ball and they're getting paid mega millions of bucks to do it and we get all excited about that. We might rethink this idea. I mean, we, we're willing to be jump up, scream and yell. Because why? Because we think it's worth it. It's worth it to us. Now, George over here, I'm picking on George today, gets all excited about the Las Vegas Raiders. He's not been very excited this year. No, yeah. I'm a Cardinals fan. I'm... Eh, whatever. Yeah, oh, Alabama. I don't want to talk anymore. Let's just stop it. Stop it right there. I got to wrap this. I got to land this plane as Jim. Yeah, so anyway, I'm telling you, we know how to worship. Now, I'm, I'm going to bring this all down to us. I'm asking us in 2021... Listen to me, I, if you think I'm, I might be talking about, about you, you're absolutely right. I definitely am talking about you. I want everyone in this house to turn up worship. What I talk about at first, when I started, I asked, what was the last time God did in your, a change in your life? And you, you knew it, and you cooperated with Him, and you went for it, and you allowed Him to change you. Worship positions you in front of God so that you can see better who He is and what He's like. Because for, and with the eyes of your heart, you begin focusing on Him. You begin seeing Him in the Scriptures. You begin acknowledging Him for who He is. We begin singing in grains what we're singing about in our heart. I often have told our worship leaders, Jim, I, pro you, I probably told you this before, but our worship team preaches just as much as I do, and there's one main difference. They remember what he sings. 
It is. Because isn't it true you remember songs easier than anything else? There's a reason why we sing. Okay. Singing in our homes, in our hearts. And when we come together, this passage here is a corporate passage. It says in verse 19, Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. This is about us when we come together. Now, I want to speak in particular to some of you saints who've been to a lot of conferences. Anybody been to a lot of conferences and noticed the atmosphere's difference when you go to a conference? And it's almost, the the presence of God is already moving and and you wonder why it's not like that in your home church? Well, there's, there's a few reasons for that, but one of them is... Well, God willing, there's new people coming and they're, they're drawing near to God. If it's a healthy church, there's a lot of people who are seeking out the Lord. And I believe here today we have folks that they were seeking the Lord. Whether you have not received Christ yet, who, by the way, that's the best thing you could ever do with your life. Amen. It is. And then those of us who are drawing near. You know, you have people at every level. You go to a conference, everybody's there for the same reason. They paid money to get there. I'm showing up and I want more of Jesus. Yeah? It's an attitude of expectancy. And I'm calling on this house. On If you believe, if you call AZV your home and you're part of this family, which if you've been here more than two, you know, one week, you're, you're in. That's it. We have no membership rule. You're in. Come with expectancy. Now, when I, I, I want worship in this house to increase and increase. And let me tell you why. I, my heart's desire, and see if, see if this connects with you, is that if someone who doesn't know Jesus or someone who's been far from God comes in here among us, I want them to have an experience with the presence of God. And as we worship Him, the kingdom, you can feel it, can't you? You can, you can tell the atmosphere of the place changes. The atmosphere in you starts changing sometimes. Some of us drag our body in here with the baddest attitude of all and, and you start worshiping all of a sudden. You know, you see all the people where the husband and wife had the argument on the way in. You know, it's, I'm sorry, I was acting so bad. You know, because Jesus got a hold of them. Right? Some of you... I can't believe the dishonesty level going on in this place. Okay, here's... I got to... I could go on this for another week or two. I'm not going to. We're going to do business. Okay, here's what I'm telling us to do in my really awkward preaching style. Worship more in your home. Get your eyes off yourself. Quit worrying about you. Get your eyes on to God. You, the problem is never the answer. Get your eyes off the problem. Why are we fixating on the problem? Get your eyes on the one who is the answer, our God, and worship Him. Increase worship in your everyday life. Two, when we come in here, come in here with expectancy ready to worship. Do worship God. He made us body, soul, and spirit. Use all three to worship Him. I'm not asking you to act weird. Oh, I'm... Pastor John's going to ask me to go to the front and dance like that odd person over there. You know, no, I'm not. But if that happens, oh well. I'll ignore you just like I ignore them. I'm worshiping God. Amen. You know what? 
I want us to have an honest, heartfelt, wholehearted expression of worship in this house. In your life. Because I know it's exactly what you need. You need it. I need it. We need it. I want all of our worship team people to stand up right where they're at. I want everybody else who's ever been on a worship team to stand up. I, I, I want everybody else who's ever, maybe you've led in a small group, you've had a guitar or a keyboard and you've led worship in a small group. Step down, Chapo, so people can see you. He's, dude, you're like hiding back there. All right, you're getting called out, yeah. I'm calling all of you out. Now, I want you guys, everybody else who's not standing up, can you join me in this? Because I'm calling all y'all out. Okay, at home right now, we have some of our key worship team members because of the whole COVID thing. And I'm, so I'm going to address them right now. Dennis and Martha, if you're, if you're paying attention right now, and I'm pretty sure you guys have been watching every week. Martha, lay hands on Dennis. We miss you guys. Love you. Jimmy, if Vicky's there, have, have her lay hands on you. Everybody around, family members and stuff, lay hands on these people right here. Just go ahead and reach over. Nobody's sitting next to Jose here. Lay hands on him. Listen, we're going to pray for our worship team and here's why. I want to see the level of worship in this house go up and they're a key part of that, yeah? I want us in this house to have a Holy Spirit electrifying time. So Lord, come and, 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 and just rest on our worship team. Even those, there's some here that you're raising up. You're raising up into a positions of leading worship in, in life groups. Father, there's those at home. In the name of Jesus, let a fresh level of anointing come on them. Now start praying over that person next to you. Just go ahead and pray out loud. Father, as a representative of worship in this house, we're praying over our worship team as we pray over our whole congregation. Lord, we're here making the declaration together that You are worth being worshipped. You are worth, Lord, lavishing our whole lives on. You are worth our obedience. You are worth worshipping in our homes, in our jobs, in our cars commuting. You are worth it. You're worth our wholehearted attention. And I'm asking You, Lord, in, in each one of these on this worship team, I'm praying for, for a great unity on every one of these. In Jesus' name. We're praying for increased anointing in their gifting, in their singing, in their instrument playing. I'm asking you, Lord, that they would begin re releasing a sound in this house and in this family that so just resonates in our very bodies and our minds that during the week we carry those songs of worship and that experience of worship with us all week long. Lord, in 2021, we're asking You for change. We're asking You for change. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, one last word, I just right where you're at, turn around and face me, will you? I want to say one last thing. 
Worship is one of the most powerful tools you have to victory. I'm going to tell you a story I heard a preacher tell just recently. Uh, Pastor Bill Johnson. Good friend of his lost his, he was elderly, lost his wife, had been a preacher for many years. And the, the man did something. He said he pulled up two chairs in the middle of the room and had them face each other. And as he pulled the second one up, he sat down and he said, Devil, sit down. I'm going to worship God and you're going to watch me. When you can worship in the face of the enemy, worship right in his face. You think that's bad? Watch this. When you can worship God in the face of your worst moment, you're living in a victory that can't be stopped. The victory isn't when you get your way. The victory is when in the moment, in the problem, you turned your heart to the living God and surrendered to Him enough to worship Him right in that moment. That's when victory happens. It, it manifests later. Yeah? So, Father, I pray for victories all over this house in, in healing, in signs and wonders, in finances, Father God, and in joy. Let joy break out in people's homes where the devil's been trying to bring destruction. In Jesus' name, I ask you for incredible unity, increasing worship. Further your transformation in all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to AZ Vineyard Church's podcast. We're located in Goodyear, Arizona. To learn more about our church, visit our website, azvineyard.com. That's A-Z-V-I-N.